When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome, this is another episode 199 and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, brand and communication strategist also known as the podcasting queen. Now, are you still using feature benefit marketing and solution-based selling to promote and sell your products and services? Well, according to my guest today, feature benefit marketing and solution-based selling, while that worked in a world with tightly controlled information and high barrier to entry and sales-led selling cycles. However, in today's reality of information commoditization and buyer-led purchases, if you cling to those old ways, you'll forever be in the weeds of priority and importance. Joining me on today's show is Ken Rutsky. He's the author of Launching to Leading, and he is a B2B marketing consultant focused on helping his clients break through and become market leaders. Ken has spent nearly 25 years in the B2B marketing roles, launching the Intel Inside Broadcast Co-op program in 1994, and then the internet's first affiliate marketing program, Netscape Now, while he was at Netscape from 95 to 99. Since then, Ken has been the CMO at several startups, and he ran network security marketing at McAfee. And today, as KJR Associates Inc.'s founder and president, Ken leverages his knowledge from his extensive Silicon Valley career to help his clients lead their markets. Now on today's show, Ken is going to share how to leapfrog competitors, how we can do that, how to rise above drab and boring content marketing by delivering messages that educates and that compels potential consumers, as well as how by following his game plan, his clients have had IPOs, acquisitions and private equity funding that have delivered over $10 billion of value to investors and entrepreneurs. So I can't wait to, uh, to hear more. Welcome to the show, Ken. It's great to be here, Anne-Marie. Thanks for having me. You know, it's interesting as I was going through your bio and the fact that, you know, one of the things that you say, and you're going to share more about this, feature benefit marketing, solution-based selling, that is something so many marketing agencies and, and, and business coaches are telling us as entrepreneurs we need to do. But what you say is that previously that may have worked, but now, now that market has changed, expectation has changed, we need to revisit how how we are marketing and, and selling, yes? Absolutely, Amory. And the funny thing is, uh, I started my career way back when selling for IBM. And uh, when I went through you know, IBM sales training, it was, it was the sales training known worldwide as the place you learn how to sell uh, business to business. And 
it was all about need, feature, advantage, reaction, need, mm. feature, advantage, reaction. And so I was brought up with that. And it really took me a long time to let myself let go of that a little bit. And so when you're thinking then about today's businesses or entrepreneurs and looking at a way to get our message out there so that we can, and as you say, leapfrog our competitors, what are the things that we need to be aware of? What should we be doing instead? I think the first thing you need to really do is is open your, your mind and, and shift your mindset a little bit away from the traditional approaches of talking to your prospective customer or client and spending all this time doing diagnostic marketing and selling. What is it you need? What problems do you have? You know, and then when the customer asks you, well, tell me what you do, uh, you know, the, the reflex traditionally has been to say, well, I'm happy to do that, but let me really understand what you need first. And customers now, by the time you walk in in a selling situation, they probably know more about your product than maybe your sales rep does. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so that customer is so educated that if you don't teach them something uh, in, in that first engagement, they really don't care. Uh, and it's got to be something that matters to them. Forrester did some research a few years ago, and they pulled the research firm Forrester. They pulled business-to-business -business buyers, and they asked them what they wanted from their sales rep. And the number six thing, I think, was product knowledge. You know, so... But number six, imagine that. The first one, and this this will come as no surprise, I'm guessing, any of your listeners. Uh, number one was they understand my business. The, mm -hmm. the seller understands the buyer's business. Uh, but number two, surprisingly, was they teach me something. In order to teach, you have to have an opinion, and you have to have what I call a viewpoint. So when I walk in, if I want to get attention, and, and walk in could be figuratively, when I talk on my inter on my website, if I want to get attention, I better say something that's meaningful to the customer very quickly and then really rapidly transitions into teaching them something. I would imagine too then that requires us to really know who our ideal clients are, but more importantly, the types of typical challenges that they're faced with. So that if we are providing some form of education around our product or service, as we're explaining some of the benefits and some of the successes and, and other key elements, I'm sure you'll speak about further today, that it is designed in such a way that it provides value that they can see that, hey, okay, we, we are struggling with that kind of uh, aspect of, yeah. as well in our business. Maybe that can help us too. So it is um, kind of a balance in between, but rather than waiting for them to share all their products, uh, bigger part and problems and, and challenges, provide some of their information in that educational way. Is that how you're, is that what you're saying? Yeah, in a lot of ways. And mm. if you think about what a market is, uh, if you kind of pull it back to its core, it's a conversation, and that conversation is between buyers and sellers. And what you're talking about is the exchange of value. Mm -hmm. And I think the mistake a lot of us make is we assume that that, that conversation is, is taking place at our house or in our context. But in reality, the, the context for that conversation is the customer's world. And in order to relate to that, I've got to start by you know, saying something to the customer about, you know, either what's not working today in similar customers or opportunities they might be missing. So I've really got to start by connecting into the customer's world and then transitioning into, 
you know, the gaps that might be there from uh, the opportunities or, uh, you know, missed or, or pain they're suffering because they continue to, you know, solve the problems the way they expect it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you say then, and, and this, um, I'm only asking this question because I'm sure that people will, will be thinking, okay, so I go to someone's office and we start the conversation and provide some of that, that education. It would really benefit us as the seller, if you will, to do a bit of research before we even go into having a meeting so that we are aware of that industry, some of the project that they're working on, that kind of thing, so that we can share our story, share the the benefits and and the solutions and educate from the perspective of where the the customer is or the potential customer is coming from, yes? Absolutely. And in fact, I like to say that we shouldn't be sharing our story. Mm. We should be telling the customer their story. Yes. And what I mean by that is if you think about our product or our solution really can be the magic that helps the customer transform their world. And that's kind of the story I want to tell is that you're living in this reality today. And if you reimagine some of the uh, available solutions, I can transform that to a better place for you. Mm. And that's the way I rise above being just a a problem solver that has an ROI to a transformative provider who who has a return on the strategy uh, for the customer. And and when they have so many options and so many choices uh, to buy things and so little time uh, to investigate, it really is my need to rise above ROI to return on strategy. Yes, and I know when I'm speaking to a number of you know entrepreneurs and businesses, sales and having this conversation can be very daunting. And I think you have to have a plan, you have to have a map, you have to have the ability to have the right conversation with them. Yeah. Otherwise, you just lose people's attention, don't you? Because as we know, there's so much noise, there are so many companies promising what they can do and not, not do. And I think the level of trust now we're very wary aren't we from a consumer if we put our consumer hat on we're very wary and we're quite skeptical about what people are telling us what businesses are telling us yeah and i think that's why that that research from forrester is so interesting right because if i can come in and i can show you that i understand your business and then i can teach you something all of a sudden the time that i'm investing because you know, that exchange of value isn't just money for my product, it's time and opportunity cost. And justifying that spend of time up front, you know, if, if in the first 20 minutes, yeah, I told what I call my viewpoint story or the customer's journey story, and the customer says, yeah, I get it. I mm-hmm. see that, you know, maybe you can help me change my world to a better place. All of a sudden, there's, there's a new level of engagement that, that you don't get if you just show up and show pictures of your kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I have four and I like to say, you know, by the, I probably have 200 pictures of them just from the last six months on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the time I show you the third one, you probably don't want to see anymore. <laughs> and I think, uh, yeah, sellers do the same thing. They show up and they show, you know, so many pictures of their product and they're so in love with their product, which is great. You need to be passionately in love with what you provide. Uh, but if all you do is talk about that, it's like, yeah, I saw that on the website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, know all that. That's one of the reasons why we got you in here to have a chat. No need to, yeah. to go through through and that. It, mm. and, you know, the, there, there's a uh, storytelling really becomes a big part of this. And, and we've talked about, you know, whose story is it? 
And when I started looking back about five years ago, when I first started working on the book, Launching to Leading, I really started to ask the question is what stories are working? And I happened to stumble into this uh, very well-known person who I had never heard of, an uh, American cultural anthropologist from the uh, late 40s and, and through the 70s, a guy named Joseph Campbell. Mm-hmm. And some of your listeners might be uh, familiar with his hero's journey. Campbell wrote a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And basically what Campbell was saying is there's this archetypical story that resonates with human beings throughout all of our cultures, which is this hero's journey. And you know he's got like 12 steps and three sub steps for each of those, but it really comes down to a story that you know is pretty simple. And if you want to learn it, go see the Lego movie or go watch Toy Story or go watch any of your Star Wars library because they all follow the same formula, which is you have a hero living their life. Uh, they're disturbed. They're brought into a new reality. They have a near death or a death experience. Uh, they meet the god or the goddess or the mentor who gives them a magical gift, and then they return to their reality and transform it into a better one. And if you kind of apply you know, so you might be thinking, well, Ken, what does that have to do with business to business marketing? Well, if you think about you know telling that story and setting that context of saying, you know, Mr. Customer or Mr. Prospect or Mrs. Prospect, I know what your world's like because I talk to people like you all the time. And what I see is this, this, and this, which is very different than the world used to be a few years ago or even a few months ago at the pace of change we're in now. And what I find is that you know a lot of people are still trying to solve the problem that I solve, X, by using these old approaches. And when you do that, you just don't solve the problem. You're in some pain or you miss some gain. And you know what if you took a different approach or had a different mindset about the problem put some innovation to work for you against that problem, then you'd have the magic to transform your world to a better place. And so our product or our service becomes the magic in our customer's hero's journey. And our customer is really the hero. Uh, We're just a supporting role. You know why I love storytelling? And for those people who may not really have be familiar with that, stories cut through people's internal chatter. Because when we're, you know, sitting and listening to a great story, we often will just listen and it it just cuts through. And there's studies that have been done, how storytelling really cuts through the noise and it can even influence people too. So sharing stories in, in the way that you did about, you know, successes of other people, what they've been able to achieve through implementing some of these um, strategies and yeah. so forth. It almost plants a seed in someone's mind. Oh, well, I wonder if they can do it. We can probably do that as well. And then it can also compel people. So it, it, it interrupts someone's um, thought pattern it inspires and empowers and then it can even empower when it's done really well yes yeah you know the other interesting thing is uh, an ideal you know being here in silicon valley a lot of my customers my clients uh, who i help are engineers and Mm. so now you're really you know taking some risks talking about this kind of stuff with engineers (laughs) but what i explain to them yeah i get to the science of it and and all the social uh, science research about decision-making and purchasing, even in high-consideration purchases, say that we really make the purchase subconsciously and emotionally, and we justify it with the data and the rational thinking. Mm. And so I have to connect, even if it's subconsciously, with the way I talk and the patterns I use 
And when I use something like a hero's journey, which, you know, is just essentially innate in human beings, it really changes the, the psychological dynamic of, of the conversation. So it's pretty, mm. pretty fascinating and very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So when we're talking about how to rise above drab and boring content marketing, delivering messages that educates and compels our potential consumers, storytelling really fits in well within that context. Are there other considerations that we need to be aware of? Yeah, I think that uh, the other consideration is that people have very short attention spans and they don't like to read things mm. anymore, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so uh, we have one of the states here, Missouri, uh, and I don't know, you know, your international listeners might not be that familiar, uh, but the slogan of the Missouri is it's the show me state. Ah. And, you know, there's some long-winded story about how some Republican politician said, those Democrats, all they do is talk. I'm from Missouri. You have to show me. Uh, so, you know, I think that we have to show our value. We have to demonstrate our value in the way we go to market in our marketing programs and our marketing campaigns in a way that's engaging, not just the reading, but more of the senses and participatory if possible. And I'll give you a great example. Uh, from Europe, and I, I found this on the internet, and I saw it in an event, and just love it. It use it in the book because it's just such a great example. Uh, is a pet food maker called Granada Dog Food. They created a billboard, and uh, when the owner of the dog checked in on social media, standing in front of the billboard, the billboard would dispense a sample of food. What? <laughs> yeah. And so if you I mean if you can bring experience, live experience to marketing dog food, boy, it should be easy to do for your business to business wow. product. <laughs> that so, just brings just it to a whole new level. They, I think they called the campaign check in and snack out. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? I mean, you would just go there to just to experience that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, another uh, another fun one was uh, an ad agency here in San Francisco built a promotion for a place called Sun Valley, Idaho, uh, which is very, very well known for its skiing. Yes. And they were trying to attract summer visitors. And they actually put a, a stone skipping robot up at a little pond up in the mountains there. And they created a web control so you could go to this web and have Skippy skip a stone for you. <laughs> And close your eyes and pretend you were in the mountains instead of sitting in your cubicle. Wow. So, you know, there's some really great creativity. And I think if you take that, you know, even to a business to business scenario, you know, how do I show the value of my product early and often uh, in the sales and marketing experience and, and really in the buying cycle? Because it's really become a buying, mm. not a selling cycle. Mm -hmm. And it used to be that to do that demo, you the classic business to business training is never show the product demo until you can customize it and qualify the customer and do this and do that. Well, you know, again, this is another mindset shift. Have a great demonstration that shows the value that you deliver to customers and then figure out how to customize it later in the buying cycle. Yes.
it was interesting. I had a conversation with a previous guest and, uh, you know, he was saying similar to what you were just saying about having an experience of the product first or the service first for a lot of the, the companies or the businesses listing are service based. The reason we do that is because gone are the days where we only provide a little bit of information, pay first and then deliver. Uh. We need to have that experience. And I think as businesses, when we don't do that, it almost really has a potential customer questioning, are they hiding something? Are they trying to hide something? Is their product or service not that good that they're not willing to, to share? And I think uh, we're really doing our business an injustice if we're not allowing ourselves to have that ex or give an experience of that service or product with our customers. I couldn't agree more. And not only that, if you think about the competitive dynamic, if your competitor does that and you don't, mm -hmm. then you really look like you're hiding something. Yeah, shame on you. I, I think the other you know, thing is uh, Gartner, another market research firm, right? They said uh, that in the long term, the only, and I'll misquote this, so you know, I'll get it close to right here, uh, but then in the long term for technology-based businesses, which is everyone now, mm. the only long-term sustainable competitive advantage is customer experience. And that's a really, really fascinating thought. In other words, that your technology, someone can copy your product, someone can copy your server service, your patent might not be defendable or someone will find a way around it. But if you thrill your customer, that's what's gonna differentiate you in the long term. Oh, and that absolutely. thrill has to start from the first touch, not mm after the sale exactly and i think that's where businesses even from a product-based business you know and, and if, especially if they're in tech they need to be so clear and on, on the uniqueness and the distinguishable experience that a consumer or a potential consumer is going to uh, receive through investing or experiencing that product because it is how we have our customers feel think you know when they think of our brand name that is going to make the difference between them buying our widget or buying someone else's widget. And similarly with a service. I mean, with a service, the person providing the service has personality and so forth. But we can create that experience, that brand experience, even with a product, yes? Oh, absolutely. And, and mm. I mean, one of the things that's happening is all products have service uh, components to them now. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you just look at what's happened to enterprise software with the move from you know, disk that you ship out to uh, a software as a service or SaaS, which is, you know, as a service, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, products are evaluated, but it, uh, services are really experienced. And so it really does come down, you know, to more and more, regardless of the product. Uh, what's the experience because yeah. so much more of our products is becoming experiential oh absolutely and i was just thinking imagine you can recall the days when apple was releasing their iphone it was just a phone but why were there people queuing up overnight wanting to get their hands on the very first iphone or whatever device it is it's because of the experience that that particular product or brand creates in the you know in the heart the mind of, of the consumer so yeah and i mean that's another great example and I'll, I'll take a little maybe one that uh related to apple that people don't actually think about that much if you think about the way you bought a cell phone prior to the apple stores you walked into a store all the phones were under a glass cabinet locked up you practically had a bag to touch one before you bought oh, it. Oh, really? And you certainly didn't get to use it. 
you know, contrast that to walk into the Apple store and every product they have is out there for you to touch. Your kids yeah. are playing with the iPads <laughs> over at the corner. It's, you know, it, I mean, it's just incredible. They transformed that bit, mm-hmm. that industry and they moved the experience before the purchase. Yes. Yeah, I never thought of that. I did not know that. I did not know that. There you go. Now everybody's doing it, aren't they? All of the, that's the phone yeah. companies. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why... You know, especially in the consumer electronics space, you see everyone uh, who has any kind of scale opening their own showcases mm, or yeah. building mini showcases within uh, within their uh, retail environment. Yeah, that's something to think about, I think, encourage all companies to consider what can you do to create an experience with your product and service that's quite unique and that is going to distinguish you. And I tell you why, particularly too, if you're kind of first to market in that instance, because marketers such as us, we get to talk about it and, and wow over it and share it, you know, across the the, yeah. the podcasts and, and things and we become case studies. But also too, of course, um, consumers can then get to experience uh, your products and services. Now, can Following your game plan, I believe your clients have had IPOs, acquisitions, private equity funding that have delivered over $10 billion of value to investors and entrepreneurs. Do you want to give us a, a snapshot or an overview or so? What What is your game plan? I mean, obviously, we're going to share with people how they can find out more, how they can get a copy of your yeah. book. But what what's the secret to this game plan? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh from the perspective of you know what you need to say you need to do now doing it's a whole nother you know uh case but Mm -hmm. you know first i think what you need to do you need to tell that story that puts the customer first and uh doesn't focus on you Mm -hmm. once you do that then you get permission to talk about your unique value and so having a good articulation of your unique unique value in that context is kind of the next step Mm-hmm. Uh, the next, you know, after that, you have to, you know, as I say, tell that story over and over and over and over and over and over again till you're so sick of hearing it that you tell it another time. Uh, because, you know, the customer only hears, the prospect only hears it once or twice, and it takes three or four times before it sinks in for them. Uh, and then, you know, besides being consistent, uh, you, know, you have to tell the story with veracity. So you have to have real data backing it up and you have to be ferocious. You have to have, you know, consistency, veracity and ferocity mm-hmm. in the way you tell those stories. Then the next step after that is to build the experience into the into the uh, into your go to market. So I talk about, you know, just uh, do an audit of how much of your uh, marketing programs is experiential and how much of it is descriptive. Uh, there's a framework in the book that talks about engagement and experience and how you uh, can do a, a basically an inventory of all your marketing programs. So you take that and you make a goal of tripling or 10xing the amount of experience in your go-to-market. Mm-hmm. And if you can do those four things, so tell your viewpoint story, articulate your unique value in that context, third, scale and repeat that message over and over again, and then fourth, add a magnitude to your experience. Uh, that's the formula. 
You mentioned something that was interesting, creating an experience as part of, um, you know, how you're showcasing or someone's going to be interacting with your product or service. You may not necessarily have 100% of it experiential. You can take a small element of it and then build on that. That would be a really good approach for some companies who this is so new to. What is one thing that we can change? to make it more experiential rather than just being the description, just the reading, the brochure kind of elements, yes? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it, you know, the, there's some small steps you can do. You know, for example, uh, get some good customer testimonials. So you're engaging people with their visual uh, and make the videos and do the YouTube channel. So that stuff's all really valuable mm. because it creates a different level of engagement with the audience. Yes. Uh, you can also look at the data you have. So you might have a lot of information about customers in your industry that is kind of sitting in your in your business and if you could unlock that data and i'll give you an example of this uh, in a way that's meaningful to customers you can demonstrate your value so i had one client who you know their go-to-market was to do thirty thousand dollar risk assessments uh, they were in the it security space but they had tons of data in their uh, company and and they wanted to go down market they wanted to have uh, they wanted to be able to do that same kind of assessment, but do it at very low to little cost because they were trying to sell a new service, which was only $10,000 a year. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can spend $30,000 to do the risk assessment that they sold $100,000 and $200,000 solutions with. And so what we did is we created a, a questionnaire on the website. And so the customer would come in and simply give a, an answer to five or six questions. And then we'd use that to generate a customized report that would end up in their mailbox in the next few minutes, which showed them how they were doing against their competition, against their industry, and against companies of their size relative to the problems that my clients solved. Because we were able to give that data for them because we had this tremendous data just sitting there waiting to be tapped. So mm -hmm. that was another one way we demonstrated value and created a more interactive uh, marketing experience. Yes. So you don't necessarily need to get big billboards that uh, project or that give out dog food. Dog food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's right. Filling in a questionnaire uh, requires the potential customer to input, to actually take action. So to experience that and it's very customized and they get to experience that for sure. I love case studies like that because we can learn so much from that. Do you have any other another yeah, case sure. study you can share? One other example, mm. uh, one of my clients, uh, very technical was in the information technology network monitoring space. And, you know, the typical sales cycle there would be you, you engage with the client, they got interested, uh, you know, you qualified them for a demo, and then you had to schedule your technical resources to build the demo. They had to have availability. And so these uh, systems engineers or SEs, as they call them, became a gating item in the entire sales process. Well, when we launched a new version of their uh, solution, we created an online portal, which was essentially their monitoring solution, monitoring their own network. And we made that visible online. And mm -hmm. so now the sales rep said, would you like a demo? And the customer said, yes. And we just said, well, now just go to unifiedmonitoring.com and I'll walk you through our product. Oh. And so we literally cut four to six weeks out of that sales cycle oh. uh, just by having that available online. 
Amazing. Incredible. It is. And it's amazing what you can come up with, isn't it? Um, when you really start to brainstorm, but also to, I mean, what are other people doing in other industries and how can we map that across and tweak that to, you know, to the industry that we're working in, within? I mean, amazing, incredible. So you've written the book then, of course, we've, we've mentioned it earlier. You mentioned it as well, Launching to Leading. How can people find out more, get a copy of that book and of course, get in contact with you can yeah it's all uh, very easy you can go to kenrutsky.com that's k-e-n-r-u-t-s-k-y.com uh, there's a page about the book there's a page about my consulting services and there's even a link where you can uh, schedule a one-hour consultation with me fantastic kenrutsky.com yep so k-e-n and rutsky r-u-t-s-k-y dot com ken it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you i know i mean i could just continue speaking with you and hearing all of the success stories <laughs> because when when you hear of someone or a business doing that you think that is such a good idea the creative element and the technologies that we have at our fingertips we can create incredible experiences. It, it really is up to our imaginations or limited to our imaginations. So hearing how other companies are doing it can hopefully or will hopefully inspire uh, listeners today to, to yeah do some brainstorming of their own. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about the future with uh, virtual reality opening up whole new ways oh. to engage and experience things. We know so, what's interesting. Exciting stuff. Yeah, what's interesting, Ken, I'm a Microsoft brand or Surface brand ambassador and they flew us recently up to Sydney to their uh, store and that we tried the HoloLens. Uh, oh, wow. And it was like, oh my <laughs> goodness, it was just incredible what uh, what they're doing and of course that's only available to developers what they will come up with i have no idea but i'm sure it's going to be amazing <laughs> it's not going to be boring that's no, for sure that's for sure well look thanks so much for coming on the show great i had a really fun time chatting Hi, this is Anne Marie. Have you enjoyed listening to this interview and have often thought about how awesome it would be to have your very own podcast, to share your message in a much bigger way so you become known as an influential voice in your industry? But the thought of having to learn all about podcasting technology, the gizmos, the gadgets, well, that just seems too hard. I get it. You know, I recently won the best podcast in Australia in the business marketing on entrepreneur category, and I still use a free and simple audio editing software that was so easy for me to learn nine years ago when I first started podcasting. Now, if you're a purpose-driven, service-based business owner with a desire to make a difference in the world, I've created a special gift just for you. It's my free mini training, Podcasting with Purpose, where I share with you the key things you need to know to stand out be heard and influence your audience from your very first podcast. And I'm also going to give you access to my podcast production workflow and no cost and low cost tools, the simple way to help you get started. Now to access my podcasting with purpose mini training, go to annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. That's www.annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. I know that you've gotten your creativity all, you know, from listening to all of the stories and the successes that Ken has shared today from his clients. So please reach out to Ken, get a copy of this book. It really is 
important, particularly with the changing in the marketplace and you know your potential client being far more savvy, we really need to create an experience that they can experience our product and service before they say yes to investing in us. So please reach out to Ken. If this is the very first time that you are joining us, thank you so much. It really has been an honour. I do hope that you'll come back every week. We have another fantastic guest just like we had today in Ken. If you haven't already subscribed to the iTunes channel, easy to do, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES iTunes. See you again next week. See you, Ken. Bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.